We are in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 24, 25, and 26, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Lord, we come to you this morning. We're grateful for the opportunity to bring this message, to present this truth. I ask you, dear Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would quiet the noise of the world that intrudes upon our mind and give us the ability to focus for a few minutes on your precious word and the message that you have for us in and through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, that you would carry it to the heart of each and every individual here, that, God, we might be able to avoid the snare of Satan. Would you bless this morning's time in Jesus' precious name? Amen. Paul was talking to his son in the faith, this young man who was undertaking the responsibility of leading new believers, of guiding new Christians in the Christian walk that they were pursuing as having come to know and understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said to Timothy, he says, Timothy, you got to have some grace. You got to be a little bit patient with these new believers. He says there specifically, the servant of the Lord must not strive with them. Must not strive with them. That word strive literally means go to war. He says, Timothy, that's not going to accomplish anything. You, you, you must not go to war with the new believers. You must not go to war with new saints. You've got to, uh, Timothy, understand you've got to exercise and have some patience. You've got to be gentle. You've got to be a guide. He says, apt to teach. He's saying, teach them, guide them, show them the way that they should go, and do so with patience. That patience is understanding. It's long-suffering he said, Timothy, you're going to need some meekness. You're going to need some gentle humility. Timothy, because you're going to deal with some people that literally oppose themselves. He said, Timothy, you might be laboring and working with somebody and they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they'll make a decision in their heart and they'll begin to pursue and follow God and you'll watch and they will go and they will set off a bomb in their life and blow everything to smithereens and then they'll come to you and help, ask you and beg you to help put things back together and you'll labor, and the church will labor, and God's people will love, and they'll pray and bring him back to a place where things are stable and sound again, and you'll watch, and they will go and set another bomb off in their life. And he says, Timothy, sometimes you might be ready to pull your hair out. That's not what happened to me, by the way. He says, Timothy, sometimes you might be at the end of your rope. He says, but don't strive with them. Love them. Be gentle with them. Teach them. Be patient with them. Because the fact of the matter is, is they are opposing themselves. If you were honest here this morning, you would be just like me. And you'd say, sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. 
Sometimes I'm the one that I have the biggest problem with. Occasionally, I have problems with Bob Gamble, but not very often. I'm just kidding. I don't have problems with Bob Gamble. (laughs) You guys are too serious. Sometimes I have problems. My biggest problem is me. I'm the one that opposes my own self. I could, I could do a lot better if it wasn't just for me, except for me. And he says, Timothy, here's the thing. You'll see many times they are their own worst enemy. And it is, and only through the marvelous grace of God that they can overcome. And only through God's grace that we will continue to overcome. The great tragedy is many of us are caught in the snare of the devil. The devil has put out traps. He has laid the foundation. He has prepared and we we see it. We know that it's there and sometimes we still are caught in the snare of Satan. I want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning on how to avoid the snares of Satan. How to avoid the snares of Satan. He has blinded the minds of those that are caught. Satan catches us in his snare. And many times the damage that is done to our lives and the hurt that is caused is so great before we wake up to the fact that we've been caught in the snare. I have seen fathers caught in the snare of Satan and they've all but destroyed their family before they figured out what was happening. I've seen kids who were caught in the snare of Satan and disregarded the guidance of their parents and the leadership in their life and they've run down a road headlong in pursuit of their own ambitions and desires only to find they are literally a picture of the prodigal and they wake up in a pig's pen somewhere at the end of the rope and they look up and they've got nothing left. They've wasted all of their life before they realize they've been caught in the snare of Satan. I'm thankful this morning for 1 John 1, 9. I'm thankful for that verse there that brings so much hope and, and help to the saints. That we have a God that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But can I tell you this morning that there are times in our lives when we go down a road and we get caught in the snare of Satan that there's some things that 1 John 1, 9 does not do. 1 John 1, 9 does not restore the time that you lost. Oh yes, God will forgive you and you can move forward from where you're at and praise him for that glorious truth but you've lost a lot of time. It does not heal the scars that are put on the life of the young man or the young lady who've disregarded God's desire and went out into the world and lived a riotous riotous life and ruined their foundation. All of that's done and they can turn back to God. Praise the Lord they can turn back to God but they've got scars. The scars are there. How much better, Christian, would it be if we could avoid the snare and not get caught in the trap? 
That's what we want to do this morning. We want to avoid the snares of Satan. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Sadly, beloved. We're not ignorant of his devices. But many times, even though we know that they're there. We still are caught in the snare. It's the old frog in the pot idea. That frog put in the pot of room temperature water and you turn the stove on. He's like, this is a nice jacuzzi bath. It's comfortable. I'm enjoying this. And before he realized it, he has boiled himself to death. He could have jumped out, but he was caught in the snare. There's many things in this world that are pleasurable for a season. And we look at it and we say, oh, this is nice. I enjoy this. Oh, I like that. That's something that I want to pursue. But Satan has you in his trap. If we are not careful, Christian, we'll become so used to the wickedness of this world that it no longer shocks us. We're no longer appalled by the filth that is around us. And before we know it, we'll be caught in the snare that Satan has set for us. Would you turn to the book of Proverbs with me? Proverbs chapter number one. In Proverbs chapter number one, verse number 17, he says, Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. That is almost a rhetorical question. I mean, he's being kind of uh, facetious. He says, surely, if you spread the net, here, birdie, 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 come and get in my net. He's saying that's in vain. You don't, you don't, you don't spread the net in front of, he's saying, surely, a bird wouldn't fly into a net that he watched you place there. But beloved, what he's saying is that Christians, many times they watch Satan put the trap. They watch Satan set the snare and then they still walk right into the net. We see here in this Proverbs chapter number one, some truths about how we can avoid doing that. Go back to verse number one of Proverbs chapter one. First of all, if we want to avoid the snares of Satan. We need to be able to receive instruction. We need to receive instruction. Notice what he says here in verses 1 through 5. He said, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and, what's the next word? Instruction. To perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Beloved, if we're going to avoid the snares of Satan, the first thing we must do is be able to receive instruction. These verses lay down the foundation as we approach that verse number 17. 
We've got to be able to receive instruction. Dave Smith, who was just here that preached for our Roundup Sunday, he uh, used to say, and I don't know that it's original with him, but he would say, when you cease to learn, you cease to lead. Beloved, we all need to be able to receive instruction. We all need to be able to continue to learn in this life. It is a rare thing indeed that men, especially, but even some ladies, it's a rare thing that we're teachable. That we really are able to or will receive instruction. Sometimes people will come to me specifically and ask me as their pastor or as a pastor, if I'm not their pastor, they'll come and ask me, what do you think God would want me to do in this situation? And then when I tell them what, to the best of my understanding of the scriptures, would be the Lord's will, the Lord's desire, following biblical principles, it's amazing how in just a couple of minutes, I'm on the defensive, trying to defend why I shared with them this truth. You see, the fact of the matter is, is they didn't want instruction. They didn't want to know the truth. What they wanted is somebody to say, oh, sure, it's okay for you to go live in sin. I had somebody come to me some years ago and say, hey, Pastor Caleb, do you think it'd be okay if I divorced my wife? I said, do you want me to tell you what the Bible says or do you want me to agree with you? I mean, how do I win in that situation? He obviously wants to divorce divorce his wife. That's why he's coming and talk to me. I can tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says no. That's not an option. So a few months later, he divorced his wife and they left the church. Because he didn't want to receive instruction. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. Now this is right down where the rubber meets the road. This is, this is straight, flat-out practical truth here. Just because we pass the age of 18 doesn't mean we reach a point where we no longer should be able or willing to receive instruction. If we want to avoid the snares of the devil, we need to avoid or be able to receive instruction. It's amazing. You might have made a complete mess of things And yet you're still unwilling to let somebody show you a better way. You know the result of what you're doing and where it's got you. You know that. And yet somebody brings to you the truth of the word of God and say, here's what God says you should be doing. Here's what God says and how you should be living. And we say, oh, no, no, I don't want that. That's not how I want to live. You know, it's the truth of the word of God. It's not the personality of the person standing up here. Now, I work hard to try and not be offensive. I try and present truth in a loving and compassionate way. And I I don't ever want to carelessly or callously present truth 
that it offends or hurts. But how many of you know sometimes the truth hurts? You know what? There has been an occasion that there's been something in my life that somebody had to come and say, listen, Pastor Caleb, I love you, I respect you. I'm grateful for your ministry, but here's something I noticed. And of course, I looked at him and said, what? Who do you think you are? I'm the pastor of Hunt Valley Baptist Church. You can't tell me anything. No, I didn't. I had had to pause and say, Lord, help me to be teachable. Help me to be able to receive instruction because none of us reach the point where we are beyond being able to learn. Where we're beyond being able to, you know, one of the hardest things is I'm my own worst enemy and I know it. But if somebody else points it out, I sure don't like it. (laughs) I know I have a problem, but I don't want anybody else to know that I have a problem. But when somebody happens to see it and begins to come and present us with the truth, how willing are we to listen to instruction? Young man, young lady, you know Proverbs was written to you. Would you please heed the warnings? Would you listen to the authorities that are in your life? They're striving and trying to keep you from entering the snares of Satan. You know, somebody comes to you here at church and he, they, they say, hey, in church is not the place to be playing on your phone. Yeah. What? In my phone, I can do what I want to do. Well, your parents, if they had enough backbone, they would take your phone away. You have that kind of a spirit. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to help you. They're saying that the pastor is bringing some truths that you need to hear. And you need to listen to that. Not only that, you're being a distraction to other people around you. So put the phone away. The the leadership in your life comes and says, hey, you shouldn't be on that phone so much. What? You're just an old fogey. You don't know what life is like today. Or they say, you know what? You have no reason to have Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat is fun. I can't use this particular emoji or I can't use this particular uh, thing on this app over here. No, I want to do it through Snapchat. You want to do through Snapchat because you want to hide the, and deceive the authorities in your life, the trash that you're looking at. That's why you want to use Snapchat. And any parent with a backbone wouldn't let you have it. But the fact of the matter is that some of you kids are running your house instead of your parents running your house. And it's going to destroy these kids. My son Timothy received a text one night. They said, if you don't send us $500 through this app by noon tomorrow, we have pictures of everything that you've done. We have pictures of you dressed inappropriately. We're going to send it to everybody on your contact list. We live in a wicked world. 
And there's some people that are trying to help you. But you won't receive instruction. And by the way, adults, it's not just the kids. The pastor gets up and says, you ought to have some type of filter, some type of internet protection on your device. And you say, oh, no, I'm man enough to do it myself. And Satan is going to entrap you. We're working right now. Pastor Gus and I have met a couple of times. We're working on, on investing and spending the money to be able to protect the network here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church because I know many people are on the network. And at least, at least they aren't going to be using the church network to get that filth. Will you get wisdom? Wisdom literally, look at verse number 20 and 21. Wisdom literally cries for you to hear. Verse 1, chapter 1, verse number 20 says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words. She cried that wisdom is crying for you to hear, crying that you might listen, crying that you, you might avoid the snare that Satan has set right in front of you. The man of God says, hey, you can't have a good, strong Christian walk unless you're in God's house. And you say, oh, I can worship God myself. I don't need the church. God only designed three institutions here on earth, the home, government, and the church. And you're looking at God and saying, no, I don't need that one. God designed it. You know, people are leaving the church today in mass exodus from God's house. The statistics are unbelievable because they want to worship their own way. Wisdom is saying, hey, why don't you do it God's way? Are you going to avoid the snares of Satan? Then listen, listen, listen. Receive instruction. So many times the hurt and the heartbreak, all of the pain could have been avoided if we would have listened. Verse number 22 tells us the kind of person who misses wisdom. Look at verse number 22, Proverbs 1, verse number 22. He says, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorner delight in their scorning, and fools Hate knowledge. You see, beloved, the simple is somebody who just doesn't know. If you have a margin in your Bible, you ought to circle simple and you ought to write next to that someone who just doesn't know or just doesn't know. That's a simple person. We know that. The, the, the young are simple. Proverbs 14, 15 says, the simple believeth every word. You know, you can take a smaller child and, and convince them of anything you want. They, they believe every word. They're very simple. They just don't know what they don't know. They need to learn. The simple gets caught in the snare because they're just simple and they just don't know. But then you have the scorner. The scorner is one who knows but doesn't care. The scorner is someone who knows what is right, but doesn't care. They know what they should do, but they're not going to do that. They're going to do what they want to do. The fool is somebody who doesn't care to know. So the simple is somebody who just doesn't know. 
The scorner is somebody who knows but doesn't care. And the fool is somebody who doesn't care to even know. The truth is preached, and they're like, I don't even want to hear that. That's not, I don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. Preacher, that's not, why don't you just preach on the love of God? And I, I know we're, we are, this, this pretty straightforward message this morning. But are we gonna are we gonna hear instruction? Yeah. Are we gonna say, "Oh no, we're gonna be like the fool who despise wisdom and instruction, despise wisdom and instruction. They hate knowledge. They don't want anybody telling them anything. Wisdom crieth, but to the simple." The scorner to the fool, they miss it. You know, Pastor Derek sent my son Andrew a meme this last week. <laughs> the, uh, a little type up text of stuff. He sent it to him and, and the, it said this. If I had a dollar for every time somebody accused me of not knowing what was going on, I'd be sitting here wondering why I have all this money. that's pretty funny but it's very fitting for the simple the scorner and the fool because they end up in the snare and then they're sitting there wondering why when wisdom was there when wisdom was available and they could have heeded it I need to move on we need Secondly, I want you to see verses 6 and 7. How do we avoid the snare? We need to fear God. We need to fear God. Verses 6 and 7, he says, To understand a proverb, the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You want to have some wisdom? Fear God. That's the beginning Want to understand the scriptures? Fear God. Want to, want to know what you should do in your life? Fear God. Live from that place. The fool despises wisdom instruction. This is pretty basic, but we'd be far better off if we just had a healthy fear of God. You know the reason you don't touch a hot stove? It's because you fear getting burned. Yeah. You know, how many of you Uh, you say, you know what? There's a problem with the electricity in my house. And uh, yeah, I'm not touching it. I'm going to call somebody else with a little bit less brains than me (laughs) and let them do it. They've been shocked enough times. They're a little short on brain power and we're going to let them mess with it, right? Uh, Because you're just like, no, I've got a healthy fear of that. I I have been zapped once or twice and I'm not touching that. Why? Why is it you're so hesitant to mess with it? Why? Because there's a fear there. And we would be a little less presumptuous on the grace of God if we had some fear of God in our heart. I think sometimes we presume upon his grace because we feel like, well, nothing's happened yet. God hasn't struck me dead yet. No lightning out of the sky. 
I must be okay to live this way. You know, one time uh, when I was a teenager, have any of you parents ever done something that was not wise? Okay, I've, I've done that, but now I'm talking about my father. Okay, so we were coming through the Guadalupe Mountains on I-10, heading down into El Paso, Texas. And uh, we stopped at a rest stop at the top of the Guadalupe Mountains. And at that time, I was a pretty avid skateboarder. And I asked my dad, would you care if I ride my skateboard down the mountain? And my dad said, no. He said, go ahead. Wisdom crieth without. (laughs) My dad let me and two other boys get on a stick of wood and ride down a mountain, no protective gear on, just skateboarding down the mountain. I'm telling you, we were, I wish somebody would have clocked it because we were flying. I mean, we were going so fast. Fear was a long time before I reached the end. I mean, fear like this was not a good idea. This should, we should not have started down this hill not knowing how far it was going to go. We were in trouble. Well, we were flying down this mountain. And wouldn't you know, behind us came whoop, 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 some red and blue lights. Now, I don't know if we passed him and he was parked on the side of the road and he, saw, he clocked us and we were speeding. I don't know. But he pulled up behind us. Well, one of the guys that was riding with us, he really was not near as skilled as my friend and I. And when that officer was there, he turned to see who was behind him. And when he turned, he moved his feet enough that he just went. And we were flying. Can I tell you that he went down and he literally just about ripped all the skin off of his hands? He was wearing a jean jacket and a heavy shirt and a T-shirt. And it went through all three layers like they were paper. Put huge gashes in his back. My friend and I, we slowed down, stopped, and hiked back up the hill because the officer stopped there with his lights on trying to pick up the one who was now bleeding all over I-10 in the middle of the Guadalupe Mountains. We loaded up in the back of the police car, and we went up, and he saw my dad. Of course, then it hit my dad how unwise that decision was. But you know what? That police officer didn't give my dad a ticket or any of us. Here's what I think. I think that he saw the pain that was caused by our foolishness. And he said, you know what? They've suffered enough. And I think sometimes God sees the destruction you're going to bring in your own life. And he says that is going to be its own punishment. God doesn't have to strike you dead or bring lightning from heaven because you're making a big enough mess by yourself where we end up because we disregard the wisdom that God has for us many times. We need to fear God. Even though he's been gracious, even though he has not struck us down, we need to fear him. Then we need to follow the leadership. Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9. He says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. He's talking again to the young man, the young lady, but not only to him. 
Follow the leadership that's in your life, the authority that's there. Kids, listen to mom and dad. Satan has so many traps that he puts out to rob you of the life that you could have in Jesus Christ. Sometimes you're just simple. You just don't know what you don't know. And mom and dad come and say, no, you can't go out. It's too late. And you say, why? I don't understand. It's not that big a deal. It's only 1130. It's only whatever. Your mom and dad say, "Uh, you can't have your phone in your room. If you're going to be on your phone, you're going to be in a public space. Which, by the way, would be wise for you parents to do. But you say, I don't understand that. I want to be in my room. Why? Why do you need to be in a private space? The only reason you want to be in a private space is because you want to do something you know you're not supposed to do. Your parents are trying to help you. They're trying to say Satan has some snares. There are some traps. You know, you're, you're... Young man, young lady, I know we've got, I've got several at this age, but you're at the point in your life where you start dating somebody and your, your authorities in your life say that is not a good man. Yeah. And you say, but I love him. You're going to rue the day. Yeah. You're going to rue the day yeah. that you did not follow mom and dad. They love you and want what's best for you. Do you think they would really tell you to leave somebody you love just to be mean? Do you really think that's your parents' ambition or goal in life, just to make you miserable? You know that's not the case. They're trying to help you. They've seen something in that boy's life that says he is not the one for you. And I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I've seen it. A young man, a young lady, they disregard the will of their parents in this area, and they go ahead and get married against parental advice. By the way, I will not ever marry somebody unless both parents are 100% for it. Somebody here in the church comes to me and says, Pastor, we want you to marry us. The first thing I do is say, is your mom and dad on board? If mom or dad have any hesitation, I say, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Because... As a pastor, I'm putting my seal of approval. I'm saying what God hath joined together. And I'm saying God wants this union to happen. And I can tell you right now, God doesn't want you to go against your mom and dad. Because the Bible still says, honor your mother and father. You say, well, he is a good guy. Well, then you better just go to praying that God will change your parents' heart. If that's the truth, that can happen. But you don't go against parental advice in this matter. You need to honor your mother and father. They're trying to help you. You want to avoid the snares of Satan. Lastly, let me give you this one and we'll be done. You need to learn to say no. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 10. Read it with me. My son... If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. You need to learn to say no. There's always going to be someone trying to tempt you to do some foolish sin. You need to learn to say no. You need to learn to look at them and say, I'm not going to do that. 
Joseph was tempted, but he said no. Learn to say no. It's not just the kids that need to learn to say no. You know, Satan is tempting you and I just like he's tempting these young people. Men are drawn away and enticed by their own lust. We need to learn to say no to ourselves. We need to learn to say no to Satan because we know what is right to do. We know Satan has set a trap. You need to learn to say no. Can I tell you, it might be a family member that wants you to do wrong. It might be a church member that wants you to do wrong. You need to learn to say no. Do you know that just because a bunch of people decide to do it with you doesn't make it okay? Doesn't make it right? Proverbs 11, verse number 21 says this, Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. In Proverbs 16, verse number 5, Everyone that is of a proud heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. What he's saying is, just because you've got some buddies with you, and they agree that we're going to go do this, I mean, you've got friends that say, hey, let's try this alcohol. Let's, let's get drunk tonight. Learn to say no. You got two or three friends that say, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's not that bad. Let's just try these drugs. It's only one time. Let's just do it. I mean, what's going to happen? Learn to say no. People don't like to go sin by themselves. They try and get several people to join in with them. But I want you to know it doesn't matter how many people are joined in hand. He says you will not go unpunished. You know, I've gotten in a whole lot more trouble in my life because of two or three friends than I ever did on my own. You know, back in the, back in the day, back way before my day, this would be like in Brother Greg Serafin's day. Um, <laughs> But no, way back in the day, you know, you remember the day when they used to have lynch mobs? You know, it doesn't matter if everybody in the town got together and said, this is what we're going to do. It still was wrong. It doesn't matter how many people in the community think it's okay to riot and to loot from stores. It's still wrong. It doesn't matter if the whole of society wants to join hand in hand and say same-sex marriage is okay. I want you to know it's still wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how many people in a society tend to want to agree and say we will be righteous in our own way, in our own selves. It's still wrong unless it lines up with what God said. We need to learn to say no, beloved. If you're going to If you're really going to say no, you would do well to avoid being around those that you have to say no to. That would make it a lot easier. 
you know, you're only going to say no so many times. You keep hanging out with that person. You know, I don't know why I keep hitting this, but young lady, you want to keep yourself pure and clean? You got some boy that wants to put his hands on you? I want you to know you tell him no. But here's the thing. Then you've got to get away from him. Because you've got a heart that's tender. And you enjoy the company of somebody that feels and thinks that you're beautiful. That's natural. That's wonderful. But you have some young, young, some young man that you let keep whispering in your ear and you have to keep telling him, no, I want you to know the time's going to come where you're not going to have the strength to say no. Right. Look at what he says here in verse number, seven, uh, verse number 15 through 17. He says, My son, walk not thou in the way of them, Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. You see, verse number 10 says, consent not. Verse number 15 says, walk not. You've got to learn to say no. If you're going to continue to stand to say no, you've got to get away from those that are doing wrong. You've got to get around those that are doing right. Proverbs 13.20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You are right now or soon shall be what your friends are. That is a truth that was said by Dr. Larry Brown in probably 1996. No, it was before that. I got married in 96. It was probably 93. He preached a message entitled, Buddy Had a Friend. The truth of that message rings in my heart to this day, and he said it over and over again. You are right now. You know about how many times he slammed that door over at the property when he said, shut the, shut the door? You guys will never forget that. Shut the door. Well, I'll never forget. You are right now or soon shall be what your friends are. Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, Sydney, you're in college. There's a lot of temptation there. There's a lot of people that want to be friends with you that are going to lead you the wrong way. You've got to have enough character to realize and say, they're, they're going away that God wouldn't want me to go. I've got to decide and purpose in my heart. I'm not going to walk with them. I'm going to walk this way. And every one of us have to make that choice. We don't want to get caught in the snare of the devil. 